Welcome to the Tax Sale Podcast, where tax sale investing is made easy. My name is Casey Dimon. I'm a tax sale vendor. I'm the leading tax sale expert. I'm the author of the Tax Sale Playbook. I'm the founder of the Tax Sale Academy, and I'm your host right here on the Tax Sale Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast episode. This is a completely free podcast and is brought to you through and because of the Tax Sale Academy. If you're looking to learn more about investing in tax defaulted real estate, just head on over to TaxSellAcademy.com. Again, that is TaxSellAcademy.com. Today, I want to help you understand how to better deal with the risks that are involved with tax sell investing. So anytime that we put money into anything, there's risk involved. Most people don't think about it most of the time, but something as simple as buying a meal at a restaurant has risk. What if we don't enjoy that meal? What if we get food poisoning or something else? Now, when it comes to investments, usually risk is the very first thing people think of. And oftentimes, they will overanalyze the potential of that risk to the point where they don't invest in anything. So I wanted to record today's episode to help you better understand how you can deal with the risk that are involved in this business. Now, the fact is that I can't explain how to avoid every single risk in this business in one simple podcast episode. So instead, what I'm going to do is provide you with the five key points that can help you in minimizing or reducing these risks entirely. The first one is proper preparation. And I've mentioned this many times before, but I get quite a few folks that will buy something that they shouldn't have purchased. Then after the fact, they'll realize that they made a huge mistake. And then they will go back and try to learn where things went wrong. They'll try to learn after the fact. They'll try to prepare after the fact. And if I had to pinpoint one single thing that all of these folks who made bad investments have in common, is that they didn't prepare properly. And I'm not talking about simply researching the parcel of real estate accurately. While that is a very, very obvious factor, it's usually not the root cause of that bad investment. The root cause is that they simply did not know what to research or how accurately or how thoroughly to research something. They were not prepared properly prior to investing. And if I had to make a list of things on how you should prepare prior to investing, it would be very, very lengthy. So let me just give you a few things to focus on. You should know your tax sale laws. These are the rules that you play by. These are the rules that allow us to operate. You should know the local laws that affect the type of real estate that you are investing in. You should know the local area's process for selling tax defaulted real estate. What are their processes? What are their customs that they use there? You should know the process for researching tax defaulted real estate. You should have and follow specific strategies that will inherently serve to reduce your risk. And again, I could go on and on with a much lengthier and detailed list, but the point is that preparing well in advance of doing any actual research on one specific piece of property is the equivalent of laying down the foundation to your house that you're building. Without having the proper foundation, your business is going to collapse sooner or later. The next one is that I want you to fully understand that your risk is primarily handled before 
you purchase anything. So many people want to know how to avoid risk, how to minimize risk, or how to handle risk when it comes to investments. The truth is that the overwhelming majority of your risk, if not all of it, should be handled prior to your investment. Now, while many people might understand this, a lot of people don't actually put this into action. But the truth is that the overwhelming majority of your risk, if not all of it, should be handled well before your purchase. And this includes performing proper due diligence, which goes back to our first point of emphasis of properly preparing. So you know what to look for and how to look for it. So you can perform accurate and proper due diligence. But obviously, you look at a specific property in depth before purchasing it. The deeper you look into a piece of property, the lower your risk is going to be. The investors who haphazardly buy properties based on photos that they found online alone are putting themselves into the substantial risk category. Now, on the flip side, the ones who spend hours and hours at the county courthouse researching every single little detail about the property from every single county office are the ones that have very minimal risk. Obviously, there's a sweet spot there. We cannot spend 10 hours researching every single property we think we might place a bid on. But the point is, the more accurate and thorough your research, the lower your risk. And I'm not talking about just the details of that specific property. We must also consider your market area. How well do you know that? What's your diligence on that? Your selling strategy. How diligent is your research on knowing that strategy will work? We also have to think about the time that you'll have invested in that property and the value of that time and so much more. Take all this into consideration before you make your purchase and it'll serve to help reduce your risk substantially. The next one is that you should know your risk tolerance. I received an email a couple of weeks ago from a gentleman about a strategy that could have proven very, very lucrative but it also included some pretty obvious risk. Now, the first thing that popped into my head after I read that email was, no, this is way too risky. But then I started to think about it. His risk tolerance and my risk tolerance are two completely separate things. When I was 18 years old investing in tax vaulted real estate, I routinely sank every single dime that I had into a property that was purely speculative or risky. Now that I'm much older and I have more responsibilities, I am much more risk adverse with my investments. And there is not a correct answer here that's going to fit every single person. In fact, your own personal risk tolerance is likely to change over time. These are personal to each one of us. But it's important that you know and you understand where your risk tolerance is set right now when you're about to make an investment. For the ones who are very risk adverse, you likely want to stick to the most simple properties, the ones that are very easy to research, where you can confirm that your research is 100% accurate and it's very thorough. And we're going to have multiple ways of selling those properties. So you'll be able to make money, albeit not quite as much as perhaps those super risky deals. But that money is going to be a sure thing for the people that are risk adverse. So focus on that type of investment. Now for the investors who are very risk tolerant, 
I suggest that you also work in a few of those very simple sure money type deals. That way you can continue to pay your bills. But then keep your eye out for the riskier, more speculative deals if that suits your style. And then of course, there are obvious levels in between the very risk adverse and the very risk tolerant type investors. Just find that sweet spot that works best for you. Know what that sweet spot is right now and allow it to help guide you on the properties that you invest in. The next one, I actually have a related podcast episode on, but I wanted to address it again because it's so very important. Here it is. Margins mitigate risk. So an unfortunate occurrence will take place when two things meet, ultra competitive areas and very impatient investors. So what happens is the cost of the property, whether that's set by the county initially or through the competitive bidding process, will drive the acquisition price to nearly the amount you're going to get when you go to sell that property. In other words, your margin is extremely low and you're accepting it. So if you have a property that you paid $9,000 for and it's only worth $10,000, then you have $1,000 to play with. That's your margin. Now, hopefully, you had your strategies lined up and everything works flawlessly. But if not, that $1,000 margin that you have is not going to go far in handling that mistake. Now, if you had paid $2,000 for that same property that you're going to sell for $10,000, then obviously, you have plenty of margin to work with. That's an extreme example, of course, but the point is the larger your margin, the more you're going to be able to mitigate your risk. And it's not just a matter of paying it near resale price for that property. It could be a lot of other things. It could be maybe the market declines. Maybe something like COVID hits and the market just stops for a month or two, right? And then you own that property for 30 or 60 days longer than you thought you would own it for. Or what if you just decide that you want to hang on to that property after the fact? Maybe you'll give it a year or two before you sell it. And now you have taxes and insurance to pay. The bigger your margin, the lower your risk. It's a very easy concept until you get to the point where you become impatient and you force yourself into an investment. My advice here, slow down, choose the right market. That's a big one. And then buy only when everything else, including the margin, justifies it. Now, let me talk about risk after purchase. Here's the deal. If everything up to this point was handled correctly, and as we discussed, this should be the easiest risk to mitigate. If it's a structure of some sort that you're worried about, go out and get insurance. That's going to cover your financial risk due to physical damage or liability issues. From here, it's just a matter of executing on your pre-purchase strategy, which should hopefully work out as planned, including any backup plans that you had in place as part of those risk mitigation strategies. Now, if something does not work out after purchase, it's very, very important that you are able to recognize that and pivot very, very quickly. Your marketing plans should always include when and how you should pivot, whether that's increasing your marketing efforts, reducing the price, or just changing your strategies altogether. Many investors will get too complacent in their efforts to sell a property. They'll buy one property with one strategy. And if that does not work, they'll keep trying to force it over and over and over. And I am guilty of this myself. I wrote about this in the tax sale playbook where I handled my properties during the 2008 financial crisis the same way I've been handling those properties during the preceding five years. I tried to force strategies that had quit working. 
Now, the way I look at stuff, I've got a timeline. That timeline is concrete. If something does not work out in that timeline, I immediately pivot and I try something else. If that doesn't work out within that set timeline, I pivot again. Don't fall into the trap of trying to force something that isn't working simply because it's what you're comfortable doing and it's what you're used to doing. So there it is. There are five ways to deal with the tax sale risk. Risk is always gonna be a part of any investment. But when you approach it correctly, it truly is possible to reduce that risk to virtually nothing. 99 times out of 100, when a bad investment is made, it's because one of these five key points is not followed. Preparation, pre-purchase diligence, knowing and following your risk tolerance, using margins to mitigate risk, and then pivoting as needed. I truly hope this episode has helped you out. If so, please take just a few seconds out of your day to leave us some positive feedback on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on today. It means a great deal to us when you do take the time to do that, and it really helps out our show. If we can help you with tax investing in any way, there are a bunch of links in today's show notes, including one to our primary site at taxallacademy.com. Thanks again for listening, and make it a successful day. See ya.